0: The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned.
1: I'm Sarah Becker.
0: I'm Trevor Flynn, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. We're going to be talking about Pixar's Luca this week uh and at this point i would ask who all of the two of us on the cast this week saw this in the theater or on a streaming service but uh <laughs> this was only streaming uh which was uh, just kind of what the state is with pixar recently uh but it's also kind of like a quieter smaller film so uh, i guess it kind of works with that um still kind of wish i could have seen it in a theater But, um, yeah, I didn't really have a summary pulled up for us or anything. Uh, It's The Little Mermaid, but uh, I can't say it's gayer. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) That doesn't work. That doesn't work.
1: Here's the the one sentence IMDb summary of the movie. On the Italian Riviera, an unlikely but strong friendship grows between a human being and a sea monster disguised as a human. Well, that's not really true, because I feel like, I mean, the, there is a friendship between a human being and a sea monster, but the the core of the movie is a friendship between two sea monsters. Yeah, look,
0: what you, what you need to know about this movie is mostly pasta, right? Like, it's mostly yeah, about pasta. pasta. It's about a race that involves, that's a relay that involves eating pasta, uh and uh, a stoic um father figure who makes really good delicious looking pasta Mm -hmm. and um yeah i i guess it's about the race a little bit too i don't know um yeah what did you um I, i i guess what what did you kind of broadly think of luca Sarah,
1: I uh, I enjoyed it. It was uh, the animation was really nice. I liked all the water stuff and their transformations between their human and sea monster forms. I thought it was pretty well done, um, and I enjoyed the the music. It was nice to hear something with a little bit of Italian flair. Um, every time they said Porto Rosso, which is the town where it takes place, Trevor, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say I kept thinking about Porco Rosso. <laughs>
0: Very, very intentional, I think. I mean, yes. I think the director said something like wanting to make this a little little Miyazaki. So, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, think I've also heard that it's a portmanteau of two different towns in that region as well. That possibly. would make
1: sense. Yeah. I, I think it would have been more enjoyable if uh, Ghibli had taken a, a, had made this movie instead, <laughs> actually. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what uh, what are its uh, shortcomings for you? Would you say? Well,
1: I I don't know. I just like as I said, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't impressed with it. If that makes sense, um, I could I could tell right from the get go that it was just going to be the Little Mermaid, but with a boy instead of a princess. Um, it's
0: it's a gross simplification on my part, it, but Little but Mermaid comparisons do abound. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. And uh, I just I just found the story very predictable.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: obviously, they were going to win the race. Obviously, Albert, Alberto's father wasn't really in the picture. Um,
0: yeah, he was not coming back. No. <laughs>
1: um,
0: classic Disney uh, parent. Well, I don't know, not completely classic because uh, that that's actually um, just child abandonment really and yeah. this which is eh, it's kind of different just like straight up you know mm-hmm. he's he's obviously dealing with that that comes back into like he has a fear of being abandoned when Luca starts to kind of move on to different things with his friendship with um uh what's her name uh Den uh Julieta. Julia Juliet.
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah Julia yeah mm-hmm. I
1: remember her because uh, I have a friend who I met when I was doing my degree in Edinburgh who her name she wasn't a redhead, but her name was Julia and she was from Italy. So when, you know, little Julia comes up on screen, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna remember you.
0: Yeah, I liked her a lot Me and her too. dad.
1: And I loved uh, her, you know, Santa Mozzarella.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> this was movie really cute. It's so Italian. They just say like Italian phrases that are like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's God. That would have been the opener for our podcast. I'll have to look that up later. Um, yeah, I uh, I really like this. I think um, it is like kind of a smaller thing. I think there's something to value about it, and then I don't feel like it's trying to impress as much as much as like something like Soul or like I feel like maybe you know, some there, there's kind of a, a wow factor to Pixar that we maybe kind of expect with stuff like that. But after soul was so ambitious and I think neither of us per, you know, particularly, um, rated it that highly in terms of like, it's very ambitious and like it's packed full of stuff that it kind of, you know, is weird sometimes, I mm-hmm. guess it's the best way to sum up soul. um, I I enjoyed it being kind of a smaller story and just, um, I think the argument that a lot of people are making for it is that it's kind of, in terms of uh, trying to be more Ghibli, is that it's trying to be more atmospheric and kind of have you just hang out in the, uh, what what is it, the Amalfi region? The Amalfi Coast, I guess, maybe? Mm -hmm. Uh, This this section of Italy, I'm not sure about that. But um, I kind of, Wanted to defend the movie on those merits, but at the same time, I feel like it is very plotty and there's it, it, it's just kind of like um, it's like you said, it's very familiar in terms of it being a transgressive story about, you know, an individual throwing off like what their parents are afraid of in order to find their place in the world. Um, and I, it's not like dropped plot threads, but like it's just like not a very built out world in terms of like that. Like I'm wondering the whole time, like, well, how much I, I mean, the best thing I one of my favorite things about this movie is his grandma.
1: Yes. <laughs> and she's like,
0: oh, I've been to the surface and wink, wink, you know, like and mm. she's just covering for him and shit because his parents are like kind of having a moral panic about it. Like, I really enjoyed that element of the surface in in terms of like uh, it being this thing in society that you just like, don't like the change and all this, like they have these words, they refer to it, but it's taboo. And I think, yeah, the movie falls short of like being a little more epic or a little more uh, solid or maybe impressive in terms of like, it's not very concerned with building out that world of like, well, what is mermaid society? Like <laughs> when what is the history here? When did these wh- wh- when did this these two worlds diverge or come together? is that such that there's this whole mythology of sea monster killing in this village? Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of okay with that because I really enjoy the sequence where his parents go after him. And, yeah, I think like, uh, well, they know how to walk. When did they come up here? What's what's going on there? It's like, oh, we all did it in our youth and we just don't talk about it kind of thing. You know, like I like that vibe of it very much, but at the same time, and, and I love I, I, when they just like start throwing people in the fountain. It's so funny. <laughs> I, <Yeah>.
1: it's
0: just, <laughs> and they like traumatize water
1: balloons on them from out of nowhere.
0: Is this my kid? Is this my kid? Because I can't recognize him because he's transformed, and they just traumatized that like thirteen year old with the ice cream. And Megan was like, "That kid's too old to cry about losing his ice cream." I think. No, I think it was more like the holistic experience of being interrogated by these two middle aged people. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, how do you? And this is another argument for the film too. It's like the uh, and all of that kind of lends itself to kind of a queer reading I think Mm -hmm. um which is something I enjoy about it um
1: and I I, mean uh, one one could if if we are looking at this through through a queer lens one could make the supposition I guess that um the parents not being able to recognize their child in his human form could be a reading Of a child who has uh, changed genders, that's that's not the correct way to say that, but identifies as another gender. And when they're presenting as their preferred gender, they don't necessarily look like their old self.
0: Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot about that. There's a lot of stuff like that in here that, that kind of works. I mean, at the same time, obviously, it's something they can do that's stigmatized that everybody can do or, or like, right. has the option. well, I, I guess that could kind of still work, too, in that reading. But I don't know. It's very it's obviously not a one to one. Right. But I think I think there. Well, maybe I shouldn't speculate about what the intention was there, but I, I think there might have been. Uh, enough of that there that to kind of support that reading in terms of I don't know maybe giving the movie some credit for that um I I think it's it's more as far as the queer reading goes the the biggest moment I think for me was like when it becomes acceptable in the rain and then the two women that we've just seen going about town together the whole time just throw off their umbrellas like okay we're here yep and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So you you got you like that too. Oh, I did. Great. Okay, yeah. That that was the moment that did it for me. You know, like I don't know. Every Pixar movie, there's the it has to make you cry. Expectation, and uh, I guess, and um, I don't know that I necessarily need that or think that, but uh, it still got me. And I think mm-hmm. that was just kind of like a cherry on top of that climax, <laughs> I guess. To put it really, yeah. Uh, to put it that way.
1: Quick sidebar, re-Pixar and crying. I watched Up the other day for the first time since Getting Married up hits so much oh, yeah. harder when you're married because then you just see this couple going through their life and you think I'm going to go through that with my mm-hmm. my wife and we're going to get old and then one mm-hmm. of us is going to die and it's going to be terrible and just I was crying for I mean I always cry within the first 10 minutes of up but the yeah. length of time I continued to cry
0: oh, <laughs> for man
1: like 15 minutes was was upsetting.
0: I haven't, I haven't done that yet. That's gonna be tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. just I got married too. Just
0: for the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, no, I can't remember. It was some movie. Meg and I were watching. It wasn't necessarily even a good movie. Oh no, it was. It was. Oh yeah, that's what it was. It was. Um, it was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Whenever, um, the character I've forgotten his name now. I think it's Abraham or something. Um, the older black a super soldier candidate who was like experimented on and imprisoned and shit. And he's talking about how like he couldn't see his wife and she just went on without him while he was in prison. And it's just like, oh, that gets harder now that I have a wife. Like, I don't know. It's just different. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, it's just, it's just different. Um, Yeah. So I definitely hear that. Um... Yeah, I liked all the dream sequences in this. I like. Oh, that me it's,
1: too. I love. I, like, I love the 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 you know the stars are fish and the
0: yeah. moon
1: is a big fish. Like I just I love all of that. I mean, even just the the verbal imagery when they're talking about it to begin with, and then in the dream sequence, as you say, that that's just beautifully animated.
0: Yeah, and I like um, that it's not. It's not. Um, I mean, I guess a lot of Pixar films are stylized, especially in terms of how they draw people. But like it's not just going for realism. Like I think it's like kind of the the thing, you know, that Pixar's kind of seem to be really more focused on, Uh, which is like a good thing to develop, obviously, I guess. But like it's nice to see something like this where I don't know, I guess it has some photorealistic shit going on a lot. And the water is pretty much that way, too. But it doesn't feel quite as. Um uh, coupled to photorealism is something like maybe even the like finding Dory was, I feel mm-hmm. like. It's just like a nice veneer on it, kind of like like they were trying to go to if that Ghibli kind of style thing, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Um or it kind of looks like, you know, if you were to make a travel poster of this region with mm-hmm. art instead of with actual photographs, um, that's that's kind of what this animation looks like. And I, I think they did that very successfully.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess as far as I'm watching this. Sorry. I have a movie on in the background to jog my memory a little bit. And, um, one of the other things just kind of plotty wise i i guess maybe sometimes i just want every family dynamic to be darker and and and, and that's my problem and it's a kids movie but like i don't know i think there's something like potentially very dark about his mom saying like you know i love you right and that's why i'm keeping you away from like being the person that you're supposed to be if you do take the queer reading like ser- really seriously or that kind of thing you know mm-hmm. and for that uh, i mean it comes full circle in the in the end where he's like look at me you know i love you right and it's like i i don't know that works but it's also just like it, it's one of those things where like, yeah, you know, in a different movie that would have been or in a mm, not deeper, but I guess a more serious movie it would have been like more deeply explored. Like the parents are there is that conflict. And then instead of getting in, you know, there's no scene like, well, I went up to the surface and this happened to me and it was traumatic and that's why I don't want it to happen to you. Like, there's nothing like that. You know, it's just they go up to the surface and it's funny because they don't belong there, but they do. And then it, and it's OK. <laughs> and, and at the end, they just get it. And, you know, they're afraid of humans for whatever reason um, that they all want to kill sea monsters for whatever reason. Just because I guess people want to kill sea monsters. But
1: um, I feel like the uncle U- Ugo. Is that his name? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that the,
1: potentially could have gotten very dark. <laughs> just like literally. Where you have to like punch his heart because whatever happened to him (sighs) and like you're gonna go spend six months with Uncle Ugo in the you know black abyss that sounds (laughs) horrifying to me
0: (laughs) yeah and you know Ugo
1: himself is, is rather comical but in an unusually creepy way for Pixar I feel. like.
0: Yeah. Right. Like that. That was very much a one-off <laughs> yeah. kind of thing, right? Did you
1: Did you watch uh, after the? Credits? I did. Okay. I did.
0: Yeah. Where of course the whale meat, the whale carcass. Oh God! Off, it was so all, creepy. All I got out of that. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty funny. I I did wonder if that post-credit sequence. Who, who, who's around to punch his heart down there? If yeah. He, right. If he strokes out again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen. Good, Is uh, that good really? performance. Yeah. Oh, mm. How funny. Yeah. Very, very appropriately. Mm. Uh, a lot of good performances in this thing. The parents, uh, Maya Rudolph and uh, Jeff, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Mm. Uh, I really liked them too. Uh, like the leads too, obviously. I just don't remember their names. Uh, and uh, yeah. I uh, think the other, other than like that kind of, Maybe different priority in animation. I don't know for sure. Cause I'm looking at this water again and I'm like, Oh no, it does look pretty real, yeah. but, um, uh, no, I think you're right that, that there's a sense that the whole thing was inspired by a postcard though. Like that there's something to that maybe in terms of art direction and style. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, what are, did anything other than, uh, like the Porter Rosso pun and anything like that, um, anything else kind of remind you of Ghibli? I guess.
1: Um, I mean, just the... I, I, I know most Ghibli films tend to feature on a female character, but just the the storyline itself, the idea of kind of a coming-of-age story of a young person does fit very much into the Ghibli aesthetic, the storytelling oh, aesthetic, I guess. Um,
0: that That seems more like part of the what I would expect from like a Western Disney film necessarily. I mean, you're, you're not wrong that a lot of the Ghibli films do that. Um, but I think in terms of it, like being structurally, like a Ghibli film, it's just not, it has, it has room to breathe, but there's also a lot going on. And then Mm -hmm. they kind of split the difference with these very adorable montages and dream sequences, which I do love, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, As far as the pacing of the film goes, but I I thought of um, the, you know, in Kiki's Delivery Service, the baker's husband, who's just very silent and is all eyebrows. um, Have you you not seen
1: Kiki's Delivery Service? I have, but I've only seen it one time and it's been several years. And I I didn't see it when I was like a child. I saw it when I was like in my early 20s. (laughs) And yeah. decided I was gonna watch all the Ghibli Miyazak. Well, that's
0: a good time to see it because it's kind of about burnout <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think um Julieta's dad is very much that kind of uh oh you like just humongous, uh hairy archetype who like turns out to be really sweet like when his eyebrows come up. Uh, he might
1: be my favorite character in this movie.
0: <laughs> and I love that his like um his uh, missing or his his limb differences, missing arm. He doesn't have an arm. uh yeah. One of his arms is missing. Um, is is such a great misdirect they even lampshade where he's like, "Yeah, I see, monster No, I was born this way. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a nice little yeah. I think nod to kind of what thematically is going on with Luca mm-hmm. too. I, I really like that. Then it, can, it kind of makes sense that he's a little more open minded to Mm -hmm. Um, while also being all about killing sea monsters, but he's like, no, but but I was born this way, you know, like that's a nice little nod to that reading, I feel like, too.
1: And that's Um, such a a nice, if, I mean, somewhat predictable, again, but such a nice moment mm -hmm. at the end, like at the end of the race when um, both the kids are revealed to be sea monsters, and you know, everybody's like, oh, this guy, he hates sea monsters, he's he's gonna kill him, he's gonna do it, because this is his whole thing, is I'm gonna kill sea monsters, and then he's like, no, they, they, they are Alberto and, and Luca and, and they are, you know, my friends and their family or whatever, and, which is, again, back at that most queer Im- lens is like, yep. oh, I found out this new thing about you, but I still accept you as who you are because I know you and you're a wonderful person. It's so nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, and most importantly, the winners of the race. Don't forget that, Sarah. Well, that, yes. Yes. Um, but <laughs> not most importantly, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, also when um kind of a familiar, like you said, kind of predictable plot line, I think, where um Alberto, I think that's his name, right? Uh, Luca's friend, I think. Yeah. Um uh out, um like tries to out Luca before he's ready, kind of he, like no
1: Luca Luca outs Alberto.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no or, but Alberto of- <clears throat> pu- Alberto pushes them into it because Lucas like true. wanting to go to school and shit. was like no you're this and I know this about you mm-hmm. so I'm going to expose this part of your identity that you're not ready to reveal to the world mm-hmm. in order to like control you a little bit you know, like, yeah like I I thought I thought that kind of works a little bit too mm-hmm. I I don't know in terms of that kind of thing I, I feel like that that kind of works um, yeah yeah
1: I will say I did think the the cat. Machiavelli.
0: Also the cat, well, also yes. the cat.
1: But, very Ghibli uh, cat. Very Ghibli cat, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Was well, the cat's Machiavelli and then the dog is like- um, but It's not a
1: dog, it's a tortoise. It's not a
0: dog, it's a tortoise. The tortoise is- um,
1: uh, It started a, with a-
0: Caligula. G- it's Caligula. Caligula, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fabulous.
0: Yeah. yeah. I also was great. a
1: little bit sad they didn't spend more time with the sheep fish. At the beginning. I know it's dumb, but I thought that was cute.
0: Oh god, what's the one that always gets away? I just all these oh, Italian funny. names with mm-hmm. on animals It's just I don't know. It's just it's very funny.
1: Caligula <laughs> is a great name for a pet. I want yeah. like a hamster or something named Caligula. Except mm-hmm. I don't because I don't want a hamster ever. But-
0: no, you really don't. I, mm-hmm. I don't think you do. No. No. Yeah. Yeah, the sheepfish were pretty great visual. Too. I, there's a nice little movie I you know it's I, I would have loved for it to get more exposure I think mm-hmm. um you know it feels kind of buried on Disney plus I think it was like the big I, I'm sure they were promoting it and had it on the banner for a while but it's just like you know um I guess I, that's about most what I have to say about it uh, yeah. I think we covered a lot do you want to go ahead and put a score
1: on it you think yeah sure
0: Um, I have no idea. I hadn't actually thought about this at all yet. I had had
1: thought about it a little bit going in, but, um, I liked what you had to say about, um, its purpose, perhaps just being more atmospheric, um, than other Pixar movies, which are very much, you know, oh, let's give you this gut punch with this, you know, plot and just make you cry forever because that's what Pixar movies do. And, um, I'm glad that it didn't really think too hard about itself. Like it wasn't, I don't think it was trying to be anything more than this atmospheric thing. And yet um, does have those little queer lens nuggets in there, but it doesn't have to be that if you're not looking at it from a queer perspective and the story absolutely still works either way, which is really neat.
0: I guess I really do value that because that could potentially be a thing where it's like, well, it's not progressive enough because it nods to these things without fully exploring them. But I don't think it I I, I think uniquely somehow it strikes the balance for me where like I enjoy that reading of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I but I feel like I'm doing the work to to get there a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I really appreciate that about it. I
1: don't know. I feel like it would have with just with the age of these kids, it would have been weird for it to be a more direct reference to it because a lot of children at that age, if they're gonna grow up and realize that they are queer, they're probably not there yet necessarily. On um, the that's not entirely true. There are of course children who realize at a very young age that they are transgender. Um mm-hmm. But I don't know if for the sake of argument, let's say there was going to be a romantic relationship between Luca and Alberto, they are far too young for that to be okay.
0: Yeah. And it's really relieving yet. that it's not like a love triangle with Julieta yeah. or anything. No, it's know?
1: it's a friendship triangle. Yeah. At most, yeah. which is fine and still a very real thing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give Luca a 6.5 out of 10.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. I think I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Um. Yeah, just I don't know. It's just it feels solid, and um, yeah, I'd like to see more Pixar films like this. I guess mm. um, I, I don't know. It's something about all the music and the jokes worked. A lot of a lot of a lot of music and the jokes worked, too. And although the plot isn't quite as. Um, It's not as tight a script as I would like, maybe. I think it also doesn't feel like anything was necessarily dropped or any Mm -hmm. motivation was undercooked. And sometimes you just need a really obnoxious um, antagonist who thinks everybody wants to watch him eat sandwiches for some reason. I don't know if that's an Italian thing. I don't know what's going on there. but, yeah. I liked
1: uh, I liked when Luca made that catfish joke about him they also have two little whiskers in their bottom feeders I was like oh shit oh uh, yeah yeah
0: that was, very, that was actually
1: a solid breed
0: yes yes like the burn that he wasn't like he just such a great burn because he was like well I guess I'll jump in and, and help this this burn along and, and <laughs> yeah just just trying to help you know yep. um, yeah well I think. Does that average a seven? Yeah, because I mean, I imagine we would
1: round up. Yeah, because that rounds up. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, the movie game podcast gives Luca a seven out of 10. Go check it out on Disney Plus. It is absolutely free, which uh, on Disney Plus, if you're already a subscriber, which uh, Pixar might, you know, have words about a little (laughs) bit uh, if you're interested in that. But um, hopefully, um, you know, we'll see more Pixar films in theaters soon if things remain (laughs) uh, dependable stable uh, which I would love but um, that's going to do it Uh, check us out at TuscanShed.com where you can find our whole family of podcasts including Pen and Paper Pod, Animania and I think that's it for right now and unless I'm forgetting something and uh, that'll do it and
1: goodbye thanks for listening bye guys